Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. It's Paid in Puke, Series 7, Episode 3. This season we're discussing the FX miniseries American Crime Story Impeachment which focuses on the myriad scandals surrounding President Bill Clinton that led to his titular impeachment, starring Beanie Feldstein, Sarah Paulson, and a treasure trove of character actors. Mm -hmm. I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Annie Malone. I'm Christina Barr. And today we're talking about episode three, Not To Be Believed. We did it. We won! Take him to court and make him answer for what he did. I just can't stop picturing you and him in that hotel room. None of this means nothing if you don't believe me. He uses women like paper towels. I know. You don't know the half of it. A reporter asked my friend to comment on a story. Is her name Linda Tripp? Have you told her about us? Originally aired on September 20th, 2021. It was written by showrunner Sarah Burgess and directed by Michael Uppendahl. I think that's how you say that. Michael Uppendahl who directed also the previous episode. Oh, okay. And he'll return for two more, including the finale. So he's kind of a big deal. Yes, so. <laughs> and the other big deal this week is Billy Eicher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> America's comedy sweethearts. Everything they touched turned to gold. Or so it seemed. In reality, Desi was a drunk, and they fought backstage like a house on fire. Yeah. does a pretty great job playing... <sighs> Internet news founding father, I guess you'd call him, maybe. Uh, I'm sure he would call himself that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you excited to meet Matt Drone? I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's kind of, well. Founding father, I feel like, isn't, a lot of people would take it as a compliment, but it's not <laughs> right. a compliment. Right. <laughs> He's like the political Perez Hilton. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he absolutely is. Definitely an internet pioneer of some kind. Yeah, he was right in there. It's so funny that a newsletter is like <laughs> the beginning of internet news, and now it's like kind of all we have is yeah. internet news. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. We have internet news, and then we have the propaganda machine. <laughs> <laughs> There's like nowhere reliable to get news anymore. I don't even right. know. Other than a couple of podcasts that I trust, I have no real <laughs> trusted news source anymore. When I was in college, I remember like the instructors telling us you can't cite an internet site as a resource because that was not considered a true reference it had to be like a library book or or some other kind of book and now it's all we have basically right it is yeah it's crazy my daughter's done some research papers for middle school and obviously she's doing all her research on the internet she's not going to the library right. <laughs> yeah. she doesn't even know how i mean she knows how to go to the library and get a book out but i remember researching papers in college at the library and having to find all the resources in the microfiche machine right, right. oh my god yeah spending the whole day at the library yeah to get books and do a report research was like physical labor back then right. <laughs> like walking up and down the stairs of the library <laughs> climbing ladders to the top shelf well that's funny because then in this episode it nailed how there was like the specific time period what phones were like having call waiting and when drudge is getting online and it's like your phone had to dial and it made that like <laughs> you know like and he's like making tea while the internet is booting up basically <laughs> right right it was so yeah. slow right. <laughs> he like boils the whole right like that's a good comparison like it's about the amount of time to like make a cup of tea was like to get on the world wide web yes. <laughs> Read the article faster than it was loading. Basically, right. she's like, I got the headline. 
waited for the next sentence. Ugh. And then if something happened, I guess probably at the Pentagon they had pretty good internet. Not the kind where if someone picked up the other line, it would turn the internet off. Right. Like that was fancy <laughs> that she's at the Pentagon. She's on the phone and also online. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I could see that at home. Right. Oh my God. I remember getting so annoyed when I'd be like downloading a picture forever that I was going to print on my dot matrix printer. <laughs> and, like it got almost done and then my mom would pick up the phone and it would just like Ugh. disconnect. You get like oh, the good AOL.
coming onto the scene and everybody's just like, what is this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of it at all. Yeah. But he is very for real. That's the thing about he him. He has no chill, that guy. <laughs> And then that's all just the first part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Entering the story, Madrudge, but we're all here for the Linda and Monica show. Right. Oh my god, Linda is such a piece of work. With yeah, I know. That's a, what is Linda's fucking problem? Heather, why can't you just be a friend? Why are you such a mega bitch? I like that comparison of her and Matt Drudge, actually, where she's kind of orchestrating, putting herself at the center of the stories. They're both people who are manipulating the media to make themselves the focus. They have that in common. At every turn, she's like, I don't want my name in this. Yeah. Okay. It's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Okay, fine. Hey, right. you're making this thing. she's writing down her home phone number. Right. Right. Like, don't call me again. At work. I refuse to participate in this debacle. I know the truth. What do you mean? What's the truth? I'm very busy. I have to go. Do not call me at the Pentagon, okay? If you absolutely have to call me, call me at home. If you get my machine or one of my kids, your name is Harvey. Okay. Harvey. Uh, you call me. Your name's Harvey. Right. Like, <laughs> right. To calling like her kids. Like, what? What yeah. difference does it make to her kids that right, it's like right. some dude named Harvey or some dude named Michael? Right. They're not, I guarantee they're not paying attention. They're not like, <laughs> oh, Michael from Newsweek. Like, yes. Our favorite publication. Yeah, right? Michael wants to meet with her, and she's like, I'm just so busy. She has him go to the salon, make it look like, oh, I'm just fitting you in, or or something like that. Like, she's just so busy and (laughs) important, you know? Yeah, like, you're lucky to have any time with me. And then I like that also the stuff she's so busy with is, like, so nothing, and it falls through, like, the stupid major dad wants a tour. to arrange a tour of Andrews Air Force Base with Gerald McCraney. Who? Major Dad, Monica. Oh, he's not coming. You're busy with the dumbest shit. <laughs> yeah. you know? Major Dad, Monica. <laughs> that was so great. Major Dad. She's just so aggrieved, like, all the time. It's astounding. I love how she's just yeah. saying, this is astounding. She has a lot of little phrases she uses later. This is wacko. <laughs> wacko, yeah. <laughs> These colors are wacko. Oh, Jesus Christ. Colleen, what's going on with this? The colors are wacko. The yellows didn't come through. It, it looks off. I know. FSD is coming. I have to hand this to Gerald McCraney in 20 hours. I'm flying blind. Tomorrow is too late. And then how painful are those seeds of monica and bill hey god what a dick bill clinton i hate him so he's breaking up with her because basically his secretary betty poor betty (laughs) the long-suffering betty is like she's not gonna stop calling gotta deal with this and so he does and he is so smooth about it you wanna get a diet coke (laughs) he's so gross i know you know this uh this thing between us I started it back up again when I knew I shouldn't. I couldn't stop myself. But the fact is, it's not right. No, it is right. No, it's not, Monica. It's not right for you, and it's not right for my family. No, how can I feel all of this and it not? No, Monica, right? listen, please. I need you to understand. I've been down this road. I hate him when he's like, I still want you in my life. Why? Like, what? What is... What? I I was so happy when Betty called me in today. I thought you just wanted to see me. I still want you in my life. If you and I are just friends, then... Monica, listen, listen to me. You are a special, vibrant girl. And you don't see it yet, but you're just becoming the person who you're going to be. And that woman... He's going to do stunning, marvelous things. I just want to be here with you. That's exactly it. If you and I are just friends, then you can come see me and, and it won't matter what anyone says. I didn't really understand what he was talking about. I was just like, God, I hate him so bad. How he had an affair when he was 40 and he said something like, if I have to work in a gas station to be an honest man, what is he even talking about? My only option was to walk away, divorce, quit politics. I thought... You know, if I have to work in a gas station to be an honest man, then so be it. But I couldn't leave. It was Chelsea. I, I 
feel like he was saying something like, do I have to leave politics because I'm such a skirt chaser or something? Like, I didn't really kind of, get... yeah. I think that's what he's saying. Like, I couldn't help it. I mean, because he's just powerful. Like, blame shifting. Yeah. Is he saying women wouldn't be throwing themselves at him if he was just some dude in a gas station? Is yeah. that... Okay. I think that's Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so tiresome person. Yeah. I mean, women throw themselves at me. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, I guess I have to quit man, my job. Right? I know. It's it. like so easy. <laughs> I find it's very easy to not randomly fuck people whether they want to or not. You know, yeah, <laughs> like... It's especially easy to not harass people when they don't want that's to. That's definitely... Like, I'm very girl, good at right? that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, the whole thing with, like, do I have to work in a gas station? Well, he didn't do that. You know, right. like, there was no personal sac. He's never had to personally sacrifice any of that. It was just, yeah, it just well, felt like even to such a... say that it's a personal sacrifice to break up with her. Like, allude to that. Right. I'm right. making a sacrifice because this is the best for both of us instead of, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't cut you off. Yeah, that's true. He, he definitely manipulated well, her. She told Linda, he was telling me he struggled personally with being faithful. Why is this, like, news to you? You knew he was married this whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like, oh, now I respect him more. The whole thing is just gross. He's acting like it speaks well of him. Look, I'm going to do the honorable thing and not cheat on my wife anymore for now you know (laughs) like that train has left the station it'd be one thing if it's like you know what i feel ashamed of myself for doing this because this is a lie and i am married and it's wrong and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but instead it's like i'm gonna be great and not cheat on my wife (laughs) (laughs) now that we've had our thing now that it's become inconvenient for me right this was always a fling to me and now i'm bored with it and over it and so i'm gonna act like it's it's me being a great guy yeah acting also like he feels what she feels he's definitely trying to put himself on that same level of we're both sensitive people he says or yeah. something like that you're just like me you know we feel things deeply we can't keep them inside i wish it was different i wish i had more time for you like fuck you no you don't you obviously are right. very self-interested yeah <laughs> Right, and it's like, it's not painful for him to be in this breakup. You're not feeling the same thing at all. Like, what are you talking about? What is that book that she gave him? That was so strange. (laughs) Diseases and representation. When I said featuring, it was kind of a joke. I, uh, I just, I know that you've read everything, so. Wow. That's, uh. That's great. What? Monica, you're weird, man. I don't know if this is true, but it's like she went home, grabbed any book <laughs> she wanted to have a present for him when she showed up. Maybe. <laughs> She'd been saying to Betty, like, I have a present, but oh. it's just like a ruse. <laughs> Maybe that is what happened. I don't know. I like the, I thought you could use a bee tree. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he's about to go to the beach right now. <laughs> At Martha's Vineyard. Oh. She's so devastated and inconsolable and then calling Linda. So she's being manipulated with Clinton and then Linda convinces her, you need to write an angry email. Oh my God. She's like, this isn't mean enough. This is too polite. You should start with something that uh, makes it clear how you feel. Disposable. Insignificant. Used. Good. I feel disposable, used, and insignificant. I understand your hands are tied, but I need to discuss my employment situation with you. You know, this has to be tougher. Otherwise, he's just going to bring you in, smile, and tell you what you want to hear. I was a good girl when I was sent to the Pentagon. I waited patiently because I believed I would return to the White House. If that does not happen, I'm going to have to explain to my parents why. I can't give him that. It'll make him upset. How many times has he upset you? Yeah. She basically writes the email herself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she uses exactly one word that Monica says. Right. Like, I feel used. Or no, what was the word she used? Uh, disposable? Disposable. She's like, you, you feel, and then she uses all three, you know, the words that she said, and then just yeah. starts typing. She just starts typing whole sentences. 
there's a lot in this episode that I feel like people are doing the right thing for like the wrong reasons, you yeah. know? Because I feel like Linda's right. Monica's like, I actually respect him more. It's like, God, Monica, come on. This is bullshit what he did to you. And he at the very least owes you your fucking job back. You should not be nice to him about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's right. Although obviously she's just doing it for her own motives. Yeah. Because I also feel that way with everybody well, not everybody, but a lot of the people over in the Paula Jones stuff. Paula Jones absolutely had every right to pursue her lawsuit against him and demand an apology if that was what was so important to her, you know. And all those people hovering around her saying, don't accept his settlement. It's not going to do anything to him. And that's just because they want to keep this story going, keep the momentum, keep it in the news, use it to take him down. Because it isn't going to do anything to him. They're right about that, but they're absolutely using her right. for their own means. Ugh, it's gross. It's and then so her own husband, it's Paula. like how he's decided it makes him look. Since they didn't ask Paula, I will. What do you think? I think it's even more than I ever thought he we'd ever He needs to get. apologize. This is not an apology. Steve, we could have a normal life, but even better than a normal life because we'll have $700,000. They get a big chunk of that, Paula Pooh. Oh, I know, Susie, but you got to understand, we are not from Pasadena, and even 100000 would be more than anyone in my family has seen all our lives. It doesn't matter how much money this is to your people. It's not from them. It's not even from him. The only thing that would hurt him even a tiny bit is if he had to apologize. I did those things to that woman and she did not want them. Does that thing say that? No, but this could change our lives. This is an insult, Paula. And if you don't take it that way, I have to wonder why the fuck not. Like, I like that scene earlier that they use of running lines. I love Paula's bad acting in that. Oh my god, that's so one funny. of my favorite things. I love that, yeah. Sit down. You were picked out of a lineup. You're not going anywhere. I didn't do anything. I know you sent someone to kill my wife last night. That sounds like you got a problem. No, you're the one with a problem. Two of them. One is murder with special circumstances. The other is me. Alright, you're not giving me anything to react to. Well, I'm not good like you are. Well, can you fucking try? Dang, it's so good. Doing bad acting. <laughs> so I'm not good. good like you. <laughs> 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 oh my god, her little accent is so I love yeah. I know, I love I her. I did Google a video of Paula Jones just to see if it sounded like that because I didn't remember and it's pretty good, I think. Yeah. Even though Paula Jones herself has said it sounds like a parody and not good. Aww. <laughs> Paula Jones is offended by this portrayal. Oh. Yeah, but she's not a nice person, it turns out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> the part that I saw about me, most of it was inaccurate. It was almost kind of cartoonishy. Tell me what they got wrong. We were trying to maybe get a movie deal or something, or my husband was trying to get an acting deal. That is so far from the truth. She's very Republican, so. Oh, gross. <laughs> she's very much in line with those politics. I don't know how much she's manipulated by people around her, maybe easily manipulated, but the Paula Jones on the show, I stand big time. Yeah, that's too bad. She probably comes across better in the show than she does right. in real life. I know, so. yeah. Like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm a sweetheart. Right! <laughs> I don't want people to think a bunch of people manipulated me for their own purposes. Okay. <laughs> when she's like, oh, $700,000 to her, how much money that is. Yeah, um, that's a lot of a money. Lot of money yeah. Like, it's nothing to the people she'd be getting it from even if right. it's not them exactly like they don't give a shit i was kind of surprised her husband wasn't excited about the money either well they like, know like, how to she... manipulate him as well yeah, yeah. Manipulate her. yeah. he absolutely being manipulated. like he think he's being manipulated more yeah because he would have been happy about it i think even in the last episode but then it's like somebody planted that seed in him if she drops it people will always wonder what really happened if she accepts his offer i i do worry there could be whispers Ooh, she won the Supreme Court case. Why would she let him off easy? Fair or not, people will always wonder what really happened in that hotel room. When someone pays $700,000, that's not what an innocent person does. Right. <laughs> Right. That's all he's thinking about. He's like, I can't stop picturing it. And she's like, right. picturing what? Right. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Nothing happened. And yeah. it's like picturing what people say happened. I just can't stop picturing it. You and him in that hotel room. What do you mean? What, what are you saying? You know what happened. 
None of this means nothing if you don't believe me. She sucks. And she clearly wants to, like, make him happy. It's just sad to see them say no to that offer in the end. And the fancy lawyers are like, you're not going to win this, you know? Yeah. And it, I mean, they know what they're doing, but they just don't want to. I mean, they're absolutely right, but I don't know if they're privy to why, right, why yeah. everyone's convincing them not to take it. Um, I have a question. Is Laura Ingram gay? All right. Well, I've got to keep him circulating. Uh, Matt, there's my gal pal. Works at Rutherford. Cynthia, she and I golf together in Palm Springs. Is the show outing her a little bit? Or like, is she gay? Is that like a known thing? Because the show sure seems to be implying that. I mean, Ann Coulter saying it is one thing, but then it's like, oh, this is my gal pal that I travel with or whatever. I mean, gal you know? pal is absolutely coach. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, that, I'm saying if you only were watching the show, then you would think, okay, that character's like a semi-closet lesbian. Mm-hmm. I mean, I vaguely know who Laura Ingram is. Like, I just wonder She's, what's yeah, the... Yeah, I don't know much about her. But yeah, it's... I think that is what they're getting at. Yeah. George Conway, I've never heard of it before. It's kind of like implied George Conway has a bit of a crush on her and like Ann Coulter is like dissing her about mm-hmm. being a grayscale Xerox <laughs> of herself or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. I want to Google Laura Ingram gay. Yeah, do it. Anyway, Ann Coulter is... <laughs> She's just so... Oh, God, I hate Ann Coulter so much. I know. What must it be like to be a grayscale Xerox of me? I don't see how she could be your Xerox when, unlike you, she attended an elite law school. Michigan has taught him. It's almost like it doesn't matter who the person is. She's going to insult them, no matter yeah, who they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Know. She's kind of like an evil drag queen in a lot of ways. Right, She's yeah. like, I'm going to read everybody just because that's who I am. <laughs> So she dated George Conway. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, after this. Um, it doesn't say when. I guess so. A single parent of three children. She's a monster. Laura Ingram's gay brother lashes out in interviews. I, well, I don't know. In general, I am, like, against outing. Oh, yeah. So, but it's not clear to me what her sitch is, you know. Mm-hmm. I can make an exception when people are, like, super homophobic. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm definitely all for it if it's, like, a pastor or something right yeah shut up hot probs is on oh shit yeah dude do we have any hot probs for me again always the fucking lighting i hate it um it was so dark right i don't know if it's just because it's hard to see you have sun for the first time in like two months in seattle but you could tell though because there was one scene that was brightly lit and it was so much easier to see you know, I I have promised I'm going show. to complain about that every time. <laughs> well, maybe a new director will <laughs> will see the light, scene. yeah, <laughs> or at least have some outdoor daytime shots. What about some of the like on the nose? Oh right, yes, I did right on the to, nose uh, that when Ann Coulter's like, if we let this go, that opens the door for anyone to be president, like a fat balding con man. What a disgrace! Being the president used to mean something. Even Nixon was capable of shame. But after this, just think what kind of flabby con men will see a path to the White House. The corruption, the lies, the hundred million cocktail waitresses he's groped or worse. Okay, come on. We got it. Yeah. But she probably voted for that. I know. I'm sure she did, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a hot prop for me the times in this show when I feel like I'm siding with the right-wingers. Just very frustrated. I mean, this isn't on the show, but how partisan this kind of thing is. Like, the people who believe Paula, it's like, well, who'd she accuse? A Democrat? Okay, so the conservatives believe her. When you accuse, like, a conservative like Brett Kavanaugh or something, then it's the people on the left who believe you. Yeah, harassment should not be partisan. It's so partisan, though, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I really hated Bill's reaction to the email, though. I have three things to say to you. First, it is illegal to threaten the president of the United States. I wasn't threatening. I told you things I haven't bared to anyone. To have that honesty used against me like this when you sat here and told me you understood. What do you mean? What do you think my fucking life is like? Do you think what I need in my day is a nasty letter that conveys nothing but disrespect and ingratitude? What exactly am I supposed to be grateful for? Lower your voice. You promised you would bring me back and then you barely even called me. God, he's such an asshole. It is illegal to threaten the president. There's no gratitude. Yeah. I think her saying, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to have to tell my parents what happened or something. Is that a threat to the president? My parents? Right. 
And I also just fucking hate that it's true that it is illegal to even, like, talk about. Like, what happened to Kathy Griffin, you know? Mm-hmm. How she did that art thing with the severed head and, like, had to cancel shows. Like, that cost her a lot of money mm-hmm. because they were like, that's treason or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. What the fuck? Like, I thought we had First Amendment rights. The people, like, demanding that are the ones who are always complaining about cancel culture. Okay, but wait, this is someone I don't like, so now cancel culture's good. You know, like, it's just sort of like... people that put pictures of Barack Obama hanging from trees on flags and shit. Right. But that was okay. Right. I still haven't forgiven Anderson Cooper. He just dropped Kathy Griffin. Like they were yeah, yeah. I don't like Anderson Cooper. He's shady. He's another one. When we were talking about Rooney Merrick, I feel like he's just too blue blood to be real, kind of. You know, it's like mm-hmm. he's a fucking Vanderbilt. He's always gonna You're default not, to the yeah, fund yeah, attitude, yeah. Like, even though he does good things sometimes, but you defend your friend. Yeah, I'm a journalist. He's like, I can't take sides. Like, fuck you. Yes, you hey. can. This isn't news, really. Right. You absolutely could take sides. And she had, like, this other thing. She was getting, like, lots of death threats. And there was that journalist, Yesir, I forget. Like, he was living with her. She's had these vulnerable times where she's really been screwed over a lot. Anderson Cooper, like... He could have helped. They were friends. He could have have helped her. And I feel like that would have been a good journalistic move, even, to be like, freedom of speech, and right. I defend my friend, and she's not really going to kill the president, this is ridiculous. There's so many things he could have said mm-hmm. that wouldn't have ended his career, he would have been fine. We need white men to stand up for people, right. <laughs> and make powerful white men to stand up for their more marginalized friends. Yeah. Like, let's do this, please. Right. <laughs> and I know he is part of a marginalized group, but he's like... Yeah. Pretty Barely, though. Barely. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a top 1%er. There's a great documentary about Kathy Griffin during that time. Oh, yeah? Um, it was really good. Yeah, sidebar, but... but that's okay. <laughs> it's related-ish, you know. It's about maligned women. With Kathleen, the story with Linda and Kathleen, mm-hmm. she's told Isakoff it's very sad. She just... Oh, yeah, that whole... I wrote down to... the, those lines, inserting herself. Right. She wants to matter. Like... My heart does go out to her. She's widowed now. She feels alone. Things have not worked out the way she wanted in life. So what is she doing? She's reaching out to you. She's reaching out to everyone. She's inserting herself. She wants to matter. It's, it's very sad. That's exactly what Linda Tripp is about, and she's saying that she flirted with the president or wanted to... She liked Right, it. and yeah. she was excited and happy. This was not a case of sexual harassment, and she was not in any way appalled. You could quote me on that. Right, we agreed all of this is on the record, so... Maybe this just wasn't a part of the conversation but it seems like the abuse of power like it was just a sex scandal an affair gone wrong or something but with how news we've portraying it i don't know like with monica it seems like there's definitely a power differential there and like he's trying to keep her silent i mean it hit home to me when linda's like just a few years older than chelsea like that's fucked up you Mm -hmm. know yeah she was she was. She was so young. I love the portrayal on the show. Mm-hmm. I think that really comes across. Yeah. Like, she was very smart for her, you know, smart right. smart women. I feel like more is expected of them because of their intelligence. But it's like, she's still 22 years old. Yeah. 22-year-olds yeah. don't have the best judgment, even no matter how smart they are. Because they're, like, have that expectation for her, then they also are punishing her more for her mistakes. Yeah. I mean, Bill's definitely doing that. He's absolutely projecting the whole thing onto her. Like, why are you doing this to me? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Have you looked in the mirror lately? (laughs) You're fucking Bill Clinton. (laughs) Right. I'll help you with this job situation, but no more after that. (laughs) Right. I know. I won't do any more favors for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I'm sorry I was so crazy in that letter. I've been waiting to come back here for so long. I don't know. I'll help with the job situation. But no more of this, okay? Yeah, he's just like talking to her like she's a child or something. Yeah. Like, you've written this dramatic It's like email. you're in trouble with dad right now. Right, you know? it's like one of those scenes where he's like admonishing her for yeah. telling him 
how upset she was, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. And I totally get wanting to write it in an email. I'm the same way, or I absolutely was when I was that age. When my feelings are involved, I can't have a conversation that's logical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't logic it out with someone. If I was having a fight with a boyfriend or something, I'd have to write it out. Because if I was in front of them, they would just say something and I would crumble. And then I'd think about it later and be like, no, that was pretty fucked up. I should have said this, I should have said that. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand why she wrote it all. But she didn't. I wish she'd gotten to write her own feelings out instead of Linda's interpretation of her feelings. I, I wonder how that would have gone over instead. I listened to the Slate podcast episode, and it has clips of the tapes in Ooh, there. Oh, and their really? voices sound... I just felt like they must have listened to this for like how they talked. Just Sarah Paulson does such an amazing job. She's sounding really like good. Yeah. yeah, she's, she's like, very talented. She sounds so much like her. And... Like, they even had the literary agent in the episode, and she was, like, talking about the dress. The woman, like, calls Clinton, like, a rat fang. <laughs> like, he was such a rat fang with women, and the journalist is like, rat fang? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was that. And she's like, a vermin. It was just so funny. She was like, Linda told me about the dress, and I was, like, really excited about it. And I thought it was going to be, like, a fancy dress, but it was from The Gap. I don't know. It was just so funny. She, like, mentioned more than once that it was a Gap dress or something. Yeah. Like, she just wants it to be, like, this salacious story or something when it's, hey. like... The cap is still kind of expensive, I mean. Right, I know. Yeah, because they talked about, like, the jumbo poster in Linda Tripp's office. Because she's like, oh, I love your poster. Right, mm. yeah. And that was mentioned in it, mm-hmm. too. And there were just, like, other minor details in that episode that I was like, oh, my God, that's totally <laughs> the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seems like they did a ton of research. I actually mar- have marveled every episode about how hard it must have been to script this out. Yeah. You know, and have, like, a logical story told with so many dangling threads everywhere and so many participants. There must have been, like, one of those serial killer boards with, the, like, all the lines. Right. The really <laughs> yeah. Just little things like the scene in the Pentagon after Monica went to talk to Bill about the letter, about the email. Just that little thing of that interaction. I'm like, they had to stick this in here. This is the perfect place for this. And, I mean, I'm sure Monica's recall of dialogue was very helpful. Right. <laughs> she does have perfect recollection of dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kept thinking about like how impressive it was that she had all of these secret, just thinking about like the president's day and like how Betty would sneak her into the Oval Office and she got faxed his schedules. I don't know. He had this whole operation going for being able to meet with her and Mm -hmm. stuff. It's not like a throwaway fling. There's a lot of planning and there was a lot of planning, which is even more fucked up that he would be like, why do you think this is a big deal? Well, because of all right. the hoops we both had to jump through right. to get to this point yeah. where we are having a secret Diet Coke in our I in know, office. the Diet Coke <laughs> room. Like, right. she's like a Diet Coke. I know. I'm sure Betty was not well compensated, but she fucking should have been. Right. Next call. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I like Major Dad Monica. The way she said it, it's so withering. Major Dad Monica. Like in the beginning for Vince Foster's office, she was getting a dinner reservation, some producers to go out with him. Yeah. But now it's like she's doing Major Dad or something. Like, <laughs> maybe that's like not as important. We'll see how it progresses. Right? Right. Right. It doesn't right. even show. Right. Exactly. Major Dad doesn't have time for this shit. Right. <laughs> And I also liked her, you can quote me on that, like, when she's already speaking on the record. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will. I know I can. Right. I liked the line from Kathleen, their conversation when Linda comes over to confront her about leaking her name to Isakov, And Kathleen's like, I can't believe I didn't notice it till now, but you love this. You love this. You love the drama. You love having a Newsweek reporter come by your desk telling him you don't believe me and somehow making it all about you. This is exactly where you want to be, in someone else's business, in my business. Because in your own life, there's absolutely nothing. She has her number. It's absolutely true. Not only does she, she's not going to help, she's like actively hurting. 
Yeah, and saying like you wanted that. You liked it. I know. It's so painful. Yeah. Kathleen, if I am forced to talk to a reporter, this is what I honestly remember happening. I remember you and the president flirting whenever you saw each other in the hall and you talking constantly about how attractive he was. And yes, I do remember seeing you that day. You asked for my lipstick and you looked like you were on cloud nine. So I have to wonder, what on earth possessed you to send Michael Isakoff to my desk when you know I know the reality of the situation? Yeah, and that scene, like, she has her lipstick smeared across her yeah. face. It's like, it doesn't look like something fun happened, you know? Right. Yeah, she just wants to be the center of everything, and she has this paranoia that she's gonna get hit by a Mack truck at any moment from <laughs> Clinton's people or something. Yeah. She's built this whole, like... She's decided that get she's, me like, their something. enemy number one or right, whatever. Right, yeah. Because I know all this stuff when it's, like... I know what they're capable of. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, they are terrible people. I wrote down witch hunt. It's the worst decision in the history of the court. Well, Dred Scott. Don't talk to me about Dred Scott. I'm getting Russia to turn away every missile it has pointing at a NATO target. All of them. It's a lot. But I keep getting sidetracked by this fucking witch hunt. It's so fun when white men are like, oh, it's a witch hunt. Right. This is <laughs> yeah. what a witch hunt is. It's funny because y'all invented witch hunts. Right. So it's weird that you don't know what one is. Right. <laughs> you can't recognize one or recognize when something isn't. Right. <laughs> and then I couldn't even get Ruth. Yeah. Mind a fucking zero? Couldn't even get Ruth? Yeah, you couldn't get Ruth. <laughs> I also wrote down he'll go to trial before he apologizes. Like that was a meaningful yeah. passage Holy to me. <laughs> he will cut off his nose to spite his face. <laughs> All right, uh-huh. let's see how that goes for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do understand it was obviously again for the wrong reason. Not that it was the right thing to turn on the money either. I don't know. Right. I don't know what would have been the right thing there, but Paula wanted that money. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down Paula talking to her husband. None of this means nothing if you don't believe me. He's such an asshole. Yeah, I hate him. He's like holding this over her head. I can't stop picturing all all the people at the airline talking about me behind my back. Yeah. How you blew Bill Clinton. Gross. God. So what? Yeah. Like, even if it was true, which it wasn't, like, so, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I just hate something like that. Uh Yeah, he's just shaming her. It's crazy that he doesn't believe her, you know? Right. I need this man to tell me what's true. I need the person who harassed you to tell me if it's true or not. For him, if he doesn't apologize, then it's like, I don't believe you. It feels like Steve is saying, I don't believe you unless he apologizes. Right, like, Mm -hmm. unless he says something didn't happen yeah it didn't happen you know right and i feel like in the first episode or so like for paula that was important i just want an apology like she can't get her head around that much money not being meaningful to someone you know like because you could certainly interpret if someone's wronged you in some way and then gave you seven hundred thousand dollars that would feel like an admission of guilt and is it meaningful if he doesn't say the words i am sorry and i think that's the intention on his part but also if you're like broke or poor or whatever you can't get your head around that much money being nothing to someone not being meaningful to somebody else you know that it's like what are you talking about (laughs) like why am i supposed to demand more when the is so big that it can be so meaningful to one person and mean nothing at all to somebody else. Yeah, and her lawyer is like, oh, is this coming from him or is it coming from his insurance? Should be a good offer then. Well, you see, this is what no one ever tells you. Politician like that, he has big general liability policies. If you settle, you got a check from an insurance company. He won't pay a dime. It's like mm-hmm. from his insurance and like, right. so it's like, this isn't sticking it to him enough. Right, but you know, know like, like the Clintons yeah. are so rich that $700,000 yeah. from his personal yeah. would also not be anything. It wouldn't be sticking it to him. Right. You know, again, they're just using her as a pawn, you know, like mm-hmm. it wouldn't mean anything if it wasn't from his insurance. She's like, oh, this will buy such a great house in Lowenote County. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm not going back there. You know, and it's like, she only did this for him. Right. He taught her into And it. now it's not good enough. And like, right. he's going to force her to keep going with it. You know? I know. And then she apologizes. 
Right. That was like meaningful for me. The last words of the episode are Paul Jones saying, I'm sorry. To the people who just offered her more money than she could imagine. Right. And her husband's like, you can't take it. Right. This is your victory. You have it. Right now. You've won. I'm sorry, Kim. And that's probably what she's sorry for, what she regrets, is mm-hmm. having to turn it down, you know? Yeah. And she's the one who gives an apology. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Hey. <sighs> oh, yay, yay. This show. They've been apologizing for shit they shouldn't apologize for. Right. Very meaningful. <laughs> the other line I wrote was where Drudge meets Isakoff <laughs> in the Washington Post. He's like, bury all the presidents. Oh, God. I know. What an exhausting person. Wow. Very all the president's men. This is fantastic. It's He's just any movie. newsroom, bro, you know? It looks like any office. Oh, this is so all the president's men. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a bunch of cubicles. Oh, That's right. all this is. And it's like so depressing looking. Right. <laughs> Track lighting and cubicles. Yeah. Oh, I also wrote down they'll want to make sure no woman tries this again. You will lose in devastating fashion. But first, Paula, they're going to drag your name through mud. They're going to bring your past to light. Think of the witnesses they'll call. Think of the stories they'll tell. They want to be sure no woman dares try this again. The emphasis on woman being very emphasized. Right. <sighs> I mean... Kind of like on the nose, but in a good way. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that because I don't think it's evident enough to enough people that... It's very true. When a woman makes an accusation, it is a very different situation than when a man makes an accusation about a powerful man, specifically. Right. Yeah, it's very paternalistic sounding, too. That's how I read it. And the whole thing of, like, you'll be dragged through the mud, everything you ever did, there'll be a smear campaign, you know what I mean? And it's so fucked up that, one, it's true, but that also, that would affect it all, whether it's meaningful. To me, that's very Tara Reid. It's like, Tara Reid, there was no reason not to believe her. Why did her mom call Larry King? Why did her husband put that in his divorce papers? But it's like, well, it was a Democrat, so, like, she bounced a check, so I guess we don't believe her, you know? It's so fucked up. That really soured me on basically the entire Democratic Party. The Tara Reid smear campaign is like, we just don't want to believe her. She said that she accused Biden, Biden, like, assaulted her when she worked for him. There's no reason not to believe her. There's also no reason to believe Joe Biden on anything. He has such a history of bullshit, you know? But it's like... Right. I mean, the corroborating evidence she had was that at that time, and the video exists on Larry King, it was something about politicians and sexual harassment. And this woman called saying that her daughter worked for a senator and she had a problem with him, but that she didn't feel like she could go forward with it, you know, and it's Tara Reid's mom. And then she and her husband, when they got divorced, like her husband put something about that in his divorce papers. She was assaulted when she worked for Like, he didn't specifically say by Joe Biden, but it was like she was assaulted in the workplace at that time, and that affected our marriage in some way. I wish people had just been honest, been like, you know what, I just don't want to believe this because it's so important to get rid of Trump, so she's going to have to... But instead of the smear campaign and like, oh, she has bounced some checks over the years, or in my opinion, there's no reason not to believe her. And it's like, well, we don't find her credible. She's a real shady character. Oh, the timing is so suspicious. Why now? Like, why now? You know? I mean, to me, it was so similar to all this stuff that conservatives said about Christine Blasey Ford. And we were like, oh, that's disgusting. What do you mean, why now? should be obvious why now. She didn't have that much of a checkered past. But she also didn't have any real corroboration to her story, really, you know? Not as much as Tara Reid did. And then there was another woman who worked for him, too, like in the 90s, right, who said he assaulted her. A lot of women said that he groped them or made them uncomfortable in some way. There were like seven or eight women that publicly accused him of uncomfortable in the workplace basically you know and i mean also like there's also a million videos of him like smelling people's hair and touching people you know he's a fucking creeper yeah yes suchy joe yeah yes he's a little creeper yeah yeah it is very creepy Mm -hmm. Let's just get rid of the whole thing. <laughs> right. Burn it all down. Right. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I know, the whole idea of a checkered past. Right. <sighs> 
Okay, or also like people over the years testified, like former landlords of her was like, I asked her about working for Joe Biden and she just always said good things about it. It's like, I'm sorry, are you supposed to disclose your sexual assault yeah. history to like your fucking landlord? Yeah, people knew she worked for a senator, they asked about it. Like, well, she didn't tell me it happened, so it didn't happen. Like, and you know the arrogance of that. Checks, people who have money problems. Right, which the Democrats are supposed to care about, yeah. right? That's why the Democratic Party is just, like such bullshit to me. I'm sorry, we're supposed to care about, yeah, like uh, now we're the party that like sides with the landlord. What? <laughs> Sorry, I can't. It gets me real revved up. Now I'm thinking, like, I thought Tara Reid, I thought you were talking about... Oh, like Josie and the Pussy gets Tara Reid? Oh, yes. No. I'm like, okay. That was a thing. Sorry. No, no, it's funny, because that was, like, a whole thing on Twitter, too. Like, when that Tara Reid, there was, like, a whole thing of, like, oh, Tara Reid's trending. And then everyone's like, Josie and the Pussy gets Tara Reid? And it was like, no. No. Not that Tara Reid. That was, like, the other woman I was... when you said that, it's like, no, I think that's Tara Reid, right? Oh, yeah, but no, now I get it, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sure, like, that Tara Reid is confused about it sometimes, too. I'm sure she's got stories. Oh, I'm sure, yes. I'm sure she has plenty of of stories, yeah. People who are really popular, and then they're gone. The women, I mean, specifically. Yeah. But there's a story there. I'm sure she's got stories. Who did you refuse to blow, and now you don't work anymore. Fucking D.C. is the L.A. of the East yeah it's just so funny how they're talking about nancy reagan now i know the throat goat yeah and it's like (laughs) i'm sure a lot of actresses back then you know like it sounds like very casting couch on the mgm lot Mm -hmm. yeah popular or whatever i guess that has to do with ben shapiro or something his sister i don't know why she did that it's like she put a photo of madonna who's like 65 next to a photo of nancy reagan when she was 65 and was like do you want to be this trashy lady or a classy lady it was so i'm like i don't know what their motivation was and then it was like like dressed like a dumpy grandma with her right or whatever. Well, it's like, who would you rather be? And the internet was like, Madonna. Right. It's like, here's this like crazy hot lady who's 60 or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> this is a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> so strange. Didn't end up going the way she planned. <laughs> so this was called a lunchtime poll. So... Whatever year it was, a hot Halloween costume was Monica Lewinsky, and basically all you had to do was wear a beret. Okay, so lunchtime ball is when you are in the news in a hot Halloween costume, what is your signature item that people will wear when they dress up as you for Halloween? It would be a cardigan and a Diet Coke in my hand. Yes, I was thinking the Diet Coke for you. That's great. Yeah. Basically, the mayor of East Town, but swap the vape for a diet coke. <laughs> or in addition to the vape and the diet coke. The blonde ponytail. Trade the yingling for diet coke. Nice. Well, I think like dyed bangs. Are I was important. just thinking yeah. dyed bangs. For you. <laughs> you have to dye your bangs. In the winter, I wear a red hat a lot, like a red slouch hat. Slouch cap, I think it's called. Or slouch beanie, anyway. It's not a summer look, but the dyed bangs are year-round, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for winter, I guess my pink fluffy coat, because I really like to wear that. Or also the leopard fluffy coat, but I like to wear the pink a little more often. And then, I feel like in the summer, I really have a uniform. Like, you would have to wear a tank top and a knee-length skirt and, like, some kind of fun Mary Jane's. Shoes that have a strap across the middle. Do not wear a slip-on shoe because I would never. Because I don't wear shoes like that. You can dig through all the shoes in my closet. You won't find them. Oh, very. All right. Good potting, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Major Dad, Monica.